baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Those who remember the very first New York City Marathon back in 1970 say it was something to see. And the runners were weaving in and out of bikes. I mean, people didn't really know what was going on, who happened to be in the park. I mean, I think a lot of them weren't even fully aware uh, that this was a race taking place. Far from the huge five-borough spectacle it's become today, the very first New York City Marathon was four loops around Central Park. From those humble beginnings, the New York Marathon has become one of the world's greatest sporting events. In many ways, the best day in the life of the city. For some reason, crime statistics have always been down on Marathon Day. I, I don't have a, a big answer for it, but, you know, it, 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 is, it is the case. Uh... And it's, it's, a, it's a day of celebration and high spirits. This week on 880 In-Depth, as we mark the 50th running of the New York City Marathon, we tell the story of how it all began with one of the race's co-founders, George Hirsch from the New York Roadrunners Club. We also speak to one of the runners who took part in that first race in 1970. Out of the 55 who finished... Uh, I was 43rd, so I can honestly say I came 43rd in the New York Marathon. Just don't ask me which year, though. Welcome to 880 In-Depth. I'm Tim Sheld. The New York City Marathon is really like no other. Yes, the Boston Marathon may draw a better caliber of athletes, and other races may have their own cachet, like London or Honolulu, but New York is, well, New York. This is Marla Diamond live at the New York City Marathon finish, and we are about to have a winner in the men's race, and that is Joffrey Kamura of Kenya. The largest marathon in the world, New York invites up to 50,000 runners to take part in a normal year. Out of the pandemic, this is not a normal year, and about 30,000 runners will take part this year, and crowds like you just don't see on the streets of the city for one day. Diverse, spirited, and united in a single purpose, to cheer on athletes as they pass through the neighborhoods of all five boroughs. Durantu Tulu really gunning it, turning on the Jets, running effortlessly, legs churning, arms pumping, the crowd here on its feet, thousands at the finish line in their orange hats. Here comes Durantu Tulu blowing kisses to the crowd. Still her mask, her face a mask of determination. Durantu Tulu, arms up, heading to the finish line. Durantu Tulu, the winner of the 40th New York City Marathon in 228-48. And 
and here comes... Today's marathon is also an economic win for the city, unlike any other sporting event. By some estimates, it will bring in 350 to $400 million in economic activity from the runners, their friends and families staying here for days around the race. But how did it all begin? Our Peter Haskell covers it every year, and he spent time with the race co-founder, George Hirsch. He's the chairman of the board of the New York Roadrunners Club, the organization that puts the marathon on. Why and how did this race start? Why did somebody say, hey, let's have a marathon in New York City? Yeah, uh, Fred Lebo and Vince Chiapetta, both of whom uh, had been presidents of this fledgling little New York Roadrunners Club. Uh, there weren't a lot of runners back then. They decided they wanted to put on a marathon in Central Park. Back then, the mayor was a guy named John Lindsay, whom you certainly remember. And Central Park at that point was not the crown jewel that it is today. It was full of graffiti, drug dealing, crime was high in the park, it wasn't considered safe, uh, sort of the butt of late night Johnny Carson uh, jokes about going into the park and so on. And John Lindsay decided uh, that he was going to stage more events in the park. And Lebo and Chiapetta uh, there had been a, a small New York Roadrunners event up outside Yankee Stadium on the streets, uh, a marathon, and they decided to bring the marathon and do loops around Central Park. And it was a pretty small-time deal, I have to tell you. 127 runners, one woman, uh, Nina Cusick, uh, 55 finishers. It was a hot day. Central Park, as we know, is a very difficult, hilly course. Uh, and the runners were weaving in and out of bikes. I mean, people didn't really know what was going on, who happened to be in the park. I mean, I think a lot of them weren't even fully aware uh, that this was a race taking place. I myself uh, was a busy magazine publisher. I was already a marathon runner. Uh, but my focus was on the Boston Marathon, so I came up to the park. I ran the opposite direction, cheering, you know, hey, Gary, hug Ted, you know, uh, cheering on my friends. Um, I, I didn't really want to train for a second marathon in the year, and this one <laughs> sure wasn't a very big deal. Uh, that's how it got started, and then it went along in the park uh, until... 1976 and then things really changed before we get to that i just want to have you tell us a little about fred lebo and the 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 prizes they came out gave out for the race and the kind of atmosphere or lack thereof there was along the course yeah fred lebo was uh <laughs> I, I, it makes me smile thinking about Fred. He was a promoter, he was an entrepreneur, he was Im an impresario. And Fred was a guy, he was a, a Romanian Holocaust survivor. He was just one of those other great New York stories. He was down in the garment center doing knockoffs. 
and he began to run a little bit, and he kind of liked running. He never got very fast or very good, but he liked it. He liked the camaraderie, the sport. Uh, he and I became very close, and he, uh, you know, back then, uh, anyone who wanted to take on some responsibility was welcome to do it, and uh, pretty quickly he became the president of this little road running club and as I say runners were very few and far between back then so uh, he took it on and uh, he had this idea he had a vision I have to say this Fred thought that this little offbeat sport of road running could become a really big deal so you've got the race in the park, 1970 to 1975. In 1976, it went to all five boroughs. Tell us about that. In 1976, a, a New York <laughs> character named George Spitz, he was a civil servant, uh, used to work for the city. Sometimes he'd get fired, then he worked for the state. He was in the auditing offices. But uh, George was this big-hearted guy, and he had a big Rolodex, meaning he sort of reached out and knew a lot of people. And he got the idea that we should do a five-borough marathon. And at first, we all kept saying, come on, George, there's no way we can do something like that. That's a, you know, that's a big undertaking. And I remember Fred said to him, George, George, that could cost 15,000 bucks. Where are we going to get that kind of money? But George, (laughs) he was persistent. He would call you. And I don't know about you, but if my phone, you know, rings at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, I would say, oh, must be George Spitz. (laughs) And he would start, like, in the middle of his... Now, about that idea, you know, uh, he he was... was, uh, dogged and um, finally he got Percy Sutton you know well-known New York politician he was the Manhattan borough president to buy into the idea Percy got the the Rudin family influential real estate family to put up some money and Percy Fred and I went down to see Mayor A.B. And our pitch was very simple. It was, this can help lift and inspire the city as part of the bicentennial celebration. Right along with the tall ships, we're going to have this five-borough marathon. And believe it or not, (laughs) looking back, I'm not sure how it happened, Mayor Beam agreed. He didn't pick up the phone. He didn't call the police commissioner or whatever you do nowadays. It didn't get bogged down in red tape. And we walked out of there. I'm not sure he fully knew what he agreed to. Uh, Maybe we didn't either. Uh, But all of a sudden, there was a marathon to put on. And Fred reached out to the first president of the New York Roadrunners, Ted Corbett, who in our world of running was an iconic figure, very soft-spoken, very modest guy, but he had been an Olympic marathoner, uh, really the first uh, major distance runner of color, Uh, and Ted uh, had a lot of talents, and one is he was one of those experts at laying out a course. 
and he laid out the course that began in Staten Island on the Verrazano Bridge and ended up in, you know, Central Park. And that was his complete endeavor. We know now that hundreds of thousands of people lined the course. That first year, was anybody out? Shockingly, uh, the first year, the running boom was just taking off. Frank Shorter had won the Olympic marathon, so America had a you know a well-known champion. Um, and I ran the race, and I remembered when I crossed the Verrazano Bridge and got into Brooklyn. It was like, oh my God, this is real. There were people out, not like today, of course, 50 years or 40-something years later, but there were a lot of people out. It was an instant hit, and it was true through the streets of Brooklyn and crossing into Manhattan, First Avenue. Um, First Avenue, we didn't run the first year. We ran on a little narrow path along the East River Drive, and Fred realized very quickly for year two that couldn't get crowds along there, so he changed it. That was one of the changes in the course. But along the course, there were a lot of people. When we pitched it to the mayor, we never talked about year two. It was all the bicentennial. But after that first event, no one ever looked back. That was it. This was the New York City Marathon, and it was only after that going to be bigger and better. More on that from George Hirsch in a bit. That first race back in 1970 had only 127 mostly local runners. One of them was Ralph Garfield, a running enthusiast who didn't expect much from that first year. Now 86 years old, hailing from Manalapan, New Jersey, he spoke to our Peter Haskell about what it was like in 1970. Tell us what you remember about that first New York City Marathon. Well, I remember it was, A, it was very hot. Um, B, um, it started at 11 o'clock in the morning. And by that time, of course, the, uh, the sun was already very strong. And I can remember um, getting out of my car and going to the start line and then saying, hmm. Um, by that time, I had very little hair on my head. So I actually went back to my car to try and remember if I brought a cap. Well, I hadn't, but what I did have, I had a, the Volkswagen Beetle back then. I had a, a Schmatter. Do you know what a Schmatter is? Uh, yes, I'm familiar with it. Thank you. Okay, I had a Schmatter in the, on my back seat, which I used to use to check the oil. So, of course, it was oil-stained. Nevertheless, I... I put four uh, knots in the corners and I put it on my head just to save myself from the sun. And it worked. I did not get sunstroke or anything like that. Um, what I remember mostly about the course was it was four loops of Central Park going counterclockwise, which means that when we got to uh, 100th Street um, on the uh, on the east side uh, there was a very long hill which bent around le- to the left and you couldn't see the top which is, you know, and, and, and that hill seemed to go on forever 
and of course we did that hill four times in the heat it was in the low 80s at that point Gary Murky um, continued steadily on and he of course came in first um, I did eventually finish and it took me four hours and seven minutes of the 127 who started there were 55 finishers which means that 72 people a very large percentage uh, did actually drop out for one reason or another um, there was one woman in the race and Nina Cusick who I did actually know at the time from other races and um, she got some stomach problems at around 15 miles and then dropped out she subsequently won it twice in a couple of years a few years after that um, I was um, out of the 55 who finished uh, I was 43rd so I can honestly say I came 43rd in the New York Marathon just don't ask me which year though Ralph would return to New York to run many more marathons here and like others who take part it has a special place in his heart how many marathons, New York City marathons, did you end up running? The last one I did was in 2009, when I was um, 74. When you think about what the race was like then, and you see what it's like now, what do you think? I, I think... I, I think, first of all, I think it's fantastic that the New York City allows it to go on the streets and sort of stop traffic. But I also realize that New York City makes a ton of money out of this, what with the foreigners coming in and going to hotels and so forth. But I think that's great. I think it's, I think it, it's, it's wonderful that they actually uh, allow the marathon to go through the five barrows. And many of the runners get to see parts of, of New York which they otherwise would never see. So what does make New York City's marathon so special? What was it that made it become what it is today? Aside from commitment and hard work, New York Roadrunners Chairman George Hirsch says it was a bit of a happy accident. It was, it was the way the city embraced it. Um, the way people came out and were cheering on runners. They seemed to, they seemed to know what to do, which is kind of interesting because there there weren't any big city marathons. The Boston Marathon is is well more than 20 miles run outside the city of Boston. Only comes in the last few miles, but somehow people just felt it worked in a big city environment and whatever issues. There might have been around tying up traffic or this or that. People didn't mind. They just got on it right away. And we had two champions, and they were both great runners, Frank Shorter and Bill Rogers, who ran the first one. Uh, so that gave it some, some luster for the media. Um, so it was an instant hit. At what point did this become the iconic New York City event that we know it to be, that we know it to be, and how did it become this iconic event? Yeah, and then it just kind of kept growing, and it was growing at the very same time 
that running was becoming important. People, ordinary people, not elite athletes or, or you know, offbeat characters, uh, were starting to run. And so the numbers started growing very quickly. We had 2,000 runners that first year in 76. But 2,000 runners made it bigger than Boston earlier that same year. So it was already the biggest marathon in the world. (laughs) And from there, uh, because of the running boom, uh, people liked it. And then New York is a magnet for tourism. So it became an international marathon and people wanted to come and run in New York. If you're from Italy, running the New York City Marathon is, that's as big as it gets, you know, and you can translate the same to so many other places. Uh, So it just kept growing. It seems that Boston needed time to qualify. There are fast runners in Boston. New York is has this reputation as the people's marathon. You train, you sign up, you run. How important was that in the growth of this race? Yeah, I think Boston has um, two great factors going forward. One is, as you say, you have to qualify for it. So right away, if you're running the Boston Marathon, you're a good local runner. You've qualified. You've hit a certain uh, standard for your age group, whatever that may be. The other thing Boston has is, is a great tradition, and people love that. And I, I, I always enjoy going to Boston and being part of the atmosphere there, the tradition. But this race, you're right, it it became a people's race. And not just New Yorkers. I mean, people wanted to come from everywhere. They wanted, if they were a runner, they had to have the New York City Marathon on their resume. This race grew to 50,000 plus people. And I guess the question is, how much is too much? Is 50,000 too much? Is 60,000 too much? Do you need to set a limit at some point and not have it grow much bigger? Well, first off, (laughs) two years ago before the pandemic when we were running with 50,000 people, you have to remember that we were turning down more people than were actually running. That is what the New York City Marathon had become. It It was a hot ticket. I mean, I would get emails. Do you remember me from Miss McGill's third grade class? I mean, you understand. Uh, So in that sense, we kind of, we, meaning the New York Roadrunners, the, the city, the police, all the different agencies, we've kind of capped it roughly at 50, 52, 53,000. We, we've not been trying to keep growing the marathon. We could, we could double it easily, and that's never been our goal. Our goal is to have a, a really safe event, one that means a lot to the runners where they can run freely. You don't want to 
be out there running and, and you're five or six or ten miles into a race and find out there's so many people that you have to slow down or you have to walk or something like that. That's not a good experience. And so through the years as we got to 50, we kind of felt we, we had a good number that really just sort of worked right for us, for the course, for the city, kept the streets closed for, you know, a sizable number of hours, but, you know, not too long. I mean, this is, this is the busiest city in the country. So uh, we, we think we found more or less the sweet spot around there. Thousands here at the finish line at Tavern on the Green in Central Park. A great story, Mepka Flesky. And here he comes, Mepka Flesky, arms pumping. He is pouring it on, has a lead with no competitor in sight, but running as if he is being chased. Mepka Flesky, the 34 year old from San Diego, big smile on his face, arms pumping, legs churning. Mepka Flesky running hard to the tape. Here he is, Mepka Flesky, the winner of the 40th New York City Marathon and the first American winner since 1982. Having taken part in covering, not running, many New York City marathons, I can tell you there is something special about it. Maybe it's the energy of just regular runners doing something incredible on that same big stage as some of the world's best athletes. George Hirsch says it's that and more. It's a day of celebration and high spirits. The marathon is taking place this year after having been shut down by the pandemic last year. The only other time they had to cancel the race was back in 2012, days after Hurricane Sandy decimated parts of New York City, including Staten Island neighborhoods near the start of the race. It just didn't seem right to run that year. Looking forward, what do you see? How do you see the future of this race? If it's not bigger, does it change? Does it evolve? Is it, is it different? What is the future of the race? The future of the race will draw in part from the past, and that is it's a race that revitalizes the city, particularly after troubled times. I mean, back in 76 when we talked to Mayor Beam about it, the city was on the verge of bankruptcy, uh, crime was sky high. So it was, it was part of lifting the city. We saw it again 20 years ago, you know, after the terrorist attacks here on the World Trade Center. It was 54 days after that. And the whole theme of the race then was, you know, united we run, a, a unified city. And I think this year we're going to see it as much as ever after this last year and a half, a year and a half that for people has had great personal loss and isolation, anxiety, and stress, and things we've never seen before. So I think it'll help um, just just lift the city. So going forward, um, I think I think it's going to be important in, in, in that way always. You know, after 
difficult times and hard times, that the city has something that it can rally around and embrace. So it seems like it's not just the runners that need this race, this year in particular. It's the city that needs it to get people out on the streets cheering and releasing some of that pent-up frustration and anxiety. Yeah, it's the city. It, this is really the city, sure. For the runners, it's incredi- incredibly meaningful. They spend months uh, preparing. Uh, you don't just go out and run 26 miles uh, to get ready for the day. But for the city, there's parties all over the city and dinners the night before and, you know, pasta parties, you know, carbo-loading, they used to call it. Um, All of that is part of it. But now it's a world event. It's one of the great world sporting events anywhere. People are watching it in Kenya. You know, they're going to be watching it in Dublin and Berlin and... um, Uh, runners come from all over we attract the elites the top athletes so it it is now one of those handful of events I mean even the Super Bowl which of course is the biggest TV event we have in this country is an American event it doesn't get that you know not everyone in Barcelona is sitting around saying, you know, the Kansas Chiefs are going to be playing. Uh, it doesn't work that way. The New York City Marathon is, is much more of a global event. Happy 50th New York City Marathon and many more. Our thanks to Peter Haskell and to Dempsey Pilat, who helped write and edit this week. 880 In-Depth is a production of WCBS News Radio 880. We invite you to subscribe to the In-Depth podcast so you don't miss a week. You can find us on the Odyssey app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and audio. I'm Tim Sheld. Thank you for listening, and please be safe. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 